Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chad. Now 3-1, Flames leading the Islanders. They're almost six minutes into the third period. Also in the third, Bruins up 4-1 on San Jose. DeBrusca scored his 20th of the season. After two, Flyers with a 3-2 edge on Buffalo. Early third period, Hurricanes up 6-0 on the Kings and the Capitals up 7-2 on the Ottawa Senators. Also third period, Pittsburgh with a 3-2 lead in Columbus. Late in the second period, it is Montreal 5, Detroit nothing. Gallagher with his 27th of the season. Early second period, no score between St. Louis and Nashville. And after the first period, the Jets lead the Wild 1-0. Shifley with his 31st of the season. And Oilers fans should be cheering for the Jets in that game. Currently... It is Minnesota holding down the final wildcard spot in the Western Conference, and they have a seven-point lead on the Edmonton Oilers, who will play Toronto tomorrow. 3.30 face-off show here on 6.30, Chad. The game will start at 5. Oscar Clefbaum, according to John Shannon of Sportsnet, should be, should, uh, should be good to go. Took a slash to that tender left hand last night in the 3-2 shootout loss to Nashville. Connor McDavid returns from his two-game suspension. Yeah, 3.30 face-off show game at 5 here on 6.30. Ched, the Edmonton Oil Kings won this afternoon 11-1 over Swift Current in their hockey hooky game. Oil Kings goaltender Dylan Miskew will join us later on. Alberta, the Scotties champion on the pebbled ice over the weekend. The rink skipped by Chelsea Carey. It did not look good for them in the championship game against Rachel Holman but they pulled off an unlikely comeback to let you know how it happened. We welcome back to the show Chelsea Carey herself. Chelsea, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Well, I'm doing very well. Congratulations on the big win at the Scotties on the weekend. What are the uh, first couple days like for you and your rink after uh, winning an event of that magnitude? Um, I think it's still sinking in for us a little bit. We had a very, very early flight on Monday morning, 5.45 a.m. out of Sydney. So yesterday was mostly just traveling and trying to catch up on some sleep. And uh, and we woke up this morning and it wasn't a dream, so that was great. Okay, good, good stuff. I, you know, I know you're when you're playing a game, you're you're caught up in the ebb and flow of the game and trying to do everything you can to win. But Dave Campbell, my producer, he handed me these stats from a, a, a site and a Twitter account called Curling Zone. And they do this fun little thing called your win expectancy after each end. I don't know if you saw this. And this is just pure probabilities and percentages. And, and you know, you're out there playing the game. 
I don't know if you saw this, though. After the fifth end, they had your probability of winning at 7.4%. Did, did you Have you seen these stats, or did it feel like 7.4% when you were out there on the ice? I haven't seen them, but we were actually joking that we thought it would be lower than that, quite frankly. Well, take me through the game a little bit. I mean, look, I know any sport, any athlete, they always say they love to play with the lead. You didn't have that luxury on the weekend. At one point, obviously, it was uh, it was 5-1, and you had to battle back for that. What do you try to do when, when you fall behind by three, by four, and you have to claw your way in? What's the mentality? What kind of things do you focus on? I mean, you don't think you're going to win the game at that point against anybody, let alone against maybe the best front-running team in the history of women's curling. Certainly, you know, they'd be in that conversation. So we didn't think we were going to win at that point, but all you can do is just try to make some shots and make them throw as hard a shot as possible and just slowly chip away. You don't need all the points back at once. You just have to, you know, get one here, steal one there, get a deuce, whatever it is. But, um, yeah, we just said at the fifth end break, they're just, they weren't missing. They were out precisioning us at that time and we said we need to make some more precise shots precise rock placements and hope for some misses we're not going to win if we don't get some misses out of them um and so that's what we did we figured the ace out a little better in the second half and made some pretty precise shots and we did get some uncharacteristic misses out of them and luckily it was enough to pull it off was there a moment where you felt okay we're back in it you know where i mean you 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 mentioned you're kind of sitting there with your rink thinking okay this isn't looking good was there a moment where you felt okay wait a minute we're back in it this could go either way now uh i mean i think it was a bit of a roller coaster the whole game when we got within a point we still want to go one down and then we forced them to a single and eight and we thought okay that's good like that's you know now we're only two down we just got to get a deuce or a three and nine and then we'll be okay but then we got forced to nine so it went back the other way because again you don't think you're winning against that team one down without a hammer uh, and then we stole one in ten and we thought okay we have a chance and there was one pass in the extra end that we really wanted her to throw which is the path that she ended up having to throw the draw in because it was by far the slowest path on the sheet and it was just a bit of a guess for draw weight in that path so we said in between ends we want her to throw this intern draw for the win if we can make her throw that we've got a chance and and we still expected her to make it of course but uh but we made her throw the shot we wanted her to throw and got away with it scotty's champ chelsea carey joining us on inside sports i've been interviewing curlers for a while and i always ask this question after after a game like the one you had because i i get a lot of different types of answers it's not a great situation to be in where yours and in your case not just once but twice you're helpless. I mean, Rachel has a shot to to win, to end the game. You've done everything you can do. What is it like watching those shots? I mean, do you sit there and hope for a miss? Do you just try and relax and say, well, it's out of my hands now? What What's going through your mind in those moments? For me, I have a, I don't know if it would be a superstition, if that's the right word, but I have to make peace with them making it. Um, so the, when they get in the hack and throw a shot like that, I always expect them to make it. And, you know, in that case with, with the shots and with a player of Rachel Holman's caliber, you do expect her to make it. It's not, it's not you don't force yourself into that. You expect her to make everything she throws. So, um, yeah, for me, I was expecting makes on both of those, but then you have to stay really emotionally level and not let you know, the steal of one or, or anything like, I think the key to round robins to long weeks and, and then even to games like that is just not ever getting too high or too low no matter what happens. All right. So you, you come up with the big victory. What, what, now, you mentioned that there was a, a, a part of the ice where you said draw weight was pretty unpredictable. How would you describe the ice conditions as a whole through the week? Were there some challenges there? You know, I think for the most 
most part, it wasn't that bad, but there were some spots that were tricky. On, on a couple of the sheets, the middle sheets especially, there was that one path, and it was the same path on both sheets. It was the intern going away to the center line that was quite a bit slower. And so then that path ended up being, because in the early part of the game, it usually was okay, and then it would get slower and slower as the game went on. So that there was one path on several of the sheets that was a bit of a guess. Other than that, I didn't think it was that bad. The first day or two, it was a little bit frosty because it rained. But once it stopped raining, I thought the ice was pretty manageable, really, for the most part. Okay. So you're going to Denmark to represent Canada at Worlds. Tell me about, uh, what the next couple of weeks will be like leading up to Worlds. Oh, they're going to be crazy. There's uh, there's always a million things you have to do before you leave and all this different prep we have to do and paperwork we have to fill out and media requests. And you kind of feel like you're running around like a chicken with your head cut off for most of that time. So you have to try to do as much as you can to keep up with the rest and recovery piece because that's the biggest thing that Scotty's is such a long draining week and then world is an even longer more draining week once you get there. So we just need to spend as much time as we can on the self-preservation piece, just that rest and recovery bit. Obviously, there will be some training in there, some practice. Um, and then we'll get on a plane and see what we can do. Representing Canada, you've been fortunate enough to do it before. You, you played at Worlds in Canada in, in 2016. This time you're going to be representing Canada in Europe. I mean, curling is such a popular sport. What's it like when you actually put on the, the red and the white and you're not just representing your province or your club, you're representing the, your country? What does that mean to you? It's the most incredible, humbling unbelievable experience I've ever had in my life to wear Maple Leaf and um, I'm still not totally uh, aware I don't think that I'm going to get the chance to do that again I mean just to do it once in your lifetime is unbelievable and to get a second shot at it is incredible you have to be really careful the Maple Leaf is very very heavy um, there's huge expectations it's no different than hockey you know it's it's there's there's a lot of expectations that go with it you feel like you've got you know, the whole country that you're letting down if you don't do well and, and you want to win for them more than you want to win for yourself and it's easy to lose yourself in that. So you have to be really careful not to get too caught up in that. But the experience of wearing the Maple Leaf is the, the best one I've ever had in my life. Awesome stuff. Chelsea, one more for you. On a bit of a lighter note, I, I think you know Eskimos kicker Sean White. Is that accurate? Yes, that's accurate. Absolutely. Okay. B- better kicker or better curler? Because I know he's pretty into curling. <laughs> Well, I think he's definitely a better kicker than he is a curler, but he wants he texts me all the time and says, How do I throw more weight on hits? How do I do that? Like he really wants to get better and he's a he's an absolute student of the game. It's really quite impressive to watch his passion for it. It's uh it's a pretty neat thing to see somebody who excels so much at at a different sport take that kind of interest in curling. It's been a lot of fun for me to watch him kind of go through the go through the, you know, process of getting better at it and learning about it. Was that a bit of a double take for you when you found out how interested he was? Because I know when I started seeing him tweet about it, I was like, what, really? But <laughs> but he's so into it. Yeah, he's so into it. He um, he he followed me on Twitter, sent me a message or something during the 16 Scotties when we were Team Alberta, and he was playing for the Eskimos then already. And so um, the BC team, like he's from BC originally, but the BC team was out of that Scotties, so he jumped on our bandwagon, and then he tweeted at me and tagged me in it, I think, and I went, you won't be watching curling? And then he told me that he w- he worked, like he w- made ice at a curling club when he was a kid growing up in uh, in White Rock. So he's been around the game for a long time and always, you know, had an interest in it in the last few years in Edmonton with the, at the Thistle Club with League, and, and now he's involved with the social media and things. He's uh, really gotten into it even more than he already was. So, yeah, it was a really cool thing when... I was really excited when I when I even found out he was watching the Scotties. Never mind, like his interest level is obviously way more intense than that. 
Well, that's awesome stuff. Well, Chelsea, thanks for taking us through that incredible final on the weekend, and, and thanks for fitting us in because, as you said, you're, you're pretty busy. All the best in Denmark. Go get them. Represent Canada well, and we'll talk when you get back. Thanks so much. I appreciate that. Great stuff. That is Chelsea Carey, Scotty's champion, representing Alberta, and an incredible comeback. She and she wound up stealing five of the eight points she scored in that victory over Rachel Holman on the weekend, March sixteenth to twenty fourth, for Worlds in Denmark for Chelsea Carey. So we will definitely keep an eye on her. Some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken. They have their brunch Sunday, 11 a.m. until 2, featuring biscuits and gravy with smashed potatoes. Visit northchickenyeg.com. You can reach out by texting 63630, the phone number 7. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 1-8-0-4-9-6-0-0-6-3. Still ahead, Golden Bears defenseman Jason Fram. A little more to preview the Oilers and the Leafs tomorrow night as well. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. to go between the Flames and the Islanders. Calgary with a 3-1 lead there. We will keep you updated. Oilers in Toronto. They did not skate today. They will have a morning skate tomorrow and play at 5 o'clock. 3.30 face-off show here on 6.30. Chad Clefbaum is expected to play. Connor McDavid will return from his two-game suspension. Hey, I want to congratulate Christian Rounce of St. Albert. He is our Join the Team winner. We had that contest going on 630Ched.com. We were giving out those uh, code words every Tuesday for the last three or four weeks. So Christian's going to get a spot in the Oilers team photo that'll be framed and autographed. He'll get a personalized Oilers jersey. He'll get to attend a practice with Stoffer and me. He'll get a VIP experience at the March 11th home game, including pregame dinner in Studio 99, and he'll get to come on the face-off show with me. So congratulations to Christian Rounce of St. Albert. That'll be a lot of fun. Looking forward to meeting him. That's a fun promotion we had going on. It is 7.22. This texter to 6.30, says, I wonder if all the Leon Dreisaitl haters still find it outrageous that we're paying $8.5 million for a 50-goal score. Here's a steal on Forsberg by Dreisaitl, shorthanded. In across the line, breakaway, backhander score! Five-hole, and Leon Dreisaitl sparks Edmonton early! I think it's my job to, to produce offensively. That's what I'm getting paid to do. Um, but, you know, I want to be a complete player, and, um, you know, I take I take pride in, in um, you know, doing the little things right and, and, and defending and, um, you know, face-offs, uh, penalty killing, whatever it is. So, um, yeah, you know, obviously it's been... Uh, it's been going well for me. Um, and hopefully, I can I can keep it up. Slap shot, save, Rene rebound, backhander, score. Dreisaitl ties the game right on cue. His 16th third period goal this season. He's taken his game to another level. He's embraced the details of being a a really good player. He's bought into what the coaches want, and it's made him more effective on a daily basis. He's he's in the right positions. 
His spacing on the ice is proper now. He's not waiting to hit home runs. The hell of a hockey player. So Dreisaitl with two last night, up to 38 on the season, and again, on pace for 50. We'll see if he can keep it up. He should get close with 20 games left in the season, 38 and 62 games, uh, the exact math, 50.25. He's obviously going to get 40, and he's been excellent this season. And I know sometimes we talk about Dreisaitl's defensive game, McDavid's defensive game. Do they make mistakes defensively? Sure. Are, are they experts in terms of coverage and back-checking? No, they aren't. But the Oilers aren't in the situation they're in because of Dreisaitl, McDavid, and Nugent Hopkins. The best players are doing their thing. Dreisaitl, one point back of a career high in points with still a quarter of the season left. Nugent Hopkins equaled a career high in points last night, still a quarter of the season to go. We'll see how high McDavid goes, but obviously he has a chance to top his career best as well. Uh, so again, we ask ourselves, where would the Oilers be with a little more support up front? With all the problems the team have, and there's, you know, there's certainly question marks in goal. Talbot when he was here and Koskinen very up and down. I don't know what Koskinen's high end is. I mean, I'm worried we're going to get into 30-35 games in the next season and Koskinen is going to be the 40th best goaltender in the NHL, which won't be a great situation, but he's played pretty well the last six or seven games. If the Oilers, when I look at this season specifically, I say to myself, if the Oilers had a second line, like a couple more forwards, who you know were in the chase on range with 13, 15, 17 goals, they're probably in a playoff spot. And they, they, are, they are not defensive wizards as a team. And they were obviously hurt not having Clefbaum and Sekera for extended periods. I mean, Sekera just came back. But if they just had a second line, and you look at their goal differential, how many games have they trailed late and been scored on into an empty net? That hurts the goal differential. Now, I don't say this in the context of the Oilers being a Stanley Cup contender if they had a second line, but in this season, where you're likely going to have a historically low playoff cut line, then, yeah, it's really that lack of a second line that's keeping them out of the playoffs. Because if, if, if the Oilers had, say, maybe 10 to 20 more goals for, uh, yeah, you're probably looking at four or five more wins, and you're probably looking at them being in that wild card spot. Not being a cup contender, not being a team going after home ice in the playoffs. There's, there's still a lot of fall, uh, flaws and shortcomings in the roster. But if they had a second line, a couple more forwards who could at least semi-consistently produce, I think it would have changed quite a bit for this year. We're coming up to the 7.30 news. We'll go to school when we get back. Jason Fram, defenseman for the U of A goal. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Bears another big showdown with Saskatchewan on the weekend. And this time, rust won't be falling from the ceiling in Saskatoon. This is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. 30 seconds left. Flames leading the Islanders 
3-1. So another win coming up there for Calgary. Other action tonight. Three minutes left in Boston. Bruins up 4-1 on San Jose. Five minutes left in Philly. Flyers lead Buffalo 4-2. Four minutes left in Washington. Capitals taking it to the Senators. It is 7-2. The Hurricanes have lit up the Kings 6-1. That one just ended. The Penguins have just beaten the Blue Jackets 5-2. Early in the third, Montreal up 7-1 on Detroit. After two, no score Predators and Blues. Winnipeg trying to help out the Oilers tonight. They have a 2-1 lead on the Wild with eight minutes left in the second period. Late in the first, no score. Panthers and Coyotes, Stars and Golden Knights coming up at 8 o'clock. The Oil Kings won earlier today, 11-1 over Swift Current. Oil Kings goaltender Dylan Miskew will join us in about 10 or 12 minutes. NBA tonight, Raptors leading Boston 68-52, three minutes into the third quarter. Siakam with 14 to lead the way for the Raptors to this point. Leonard has 12. Oilers and Leafs tomorrow on 6.30, Chad. 3.30 face-off show. The game is at 5. Colton from Lac Labiche texting in, why in the world would you start a guy in three-on-three overtime who hasn't scored a goal all year long? I would have what would have put Cassian with Leon instead of Reader to start OT, followed up with Nuge and Sam. And Colton adds, oh, yeah, Leon is a beast, well worth the money. You know what, Colton, Rob and I were sitting here watching overtime and uh, saying, who do you put out? And before we came up with an answer, we saw Reader was out there. Look, Reader goes out there, he takes the penalty, so it looks even worse. I, I don't think there was a, a, a great option for Hitch. I mean, you got McDavid out, and if you put Dreisaitl and Nugent Hopkins together, then who goes next? You know, I, I might have still put Chase on out there. I know, but the thing is, he's not as quick, though he is a trustworthy player. And at least, even though he hasn't scored in a while, he has scored this season. I'm sure Gagne and Nuge was going to be the next wave. But as we had a texture right in earlier, there was no more three-on-three after the penalty. Uh, when Nashville got the four-on-three power play, Reader came out of the box, and it was four-on-four uh, four for the rest of overtime. But yeah, without without McDavid, you're you're pretty thin for opportunities. I mean, they went to Raddy in the shootout after Gagne, Drysdale, and Nugent Hopkins. Maybe he could have got a shift in overtime. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we another overtime last week, you saw Colby Cave out on the ice. He hasn't scored as an Oiler. There aren't a lot of great options. I, I get it why you, you, put, why you wouldn't put Reeder, but I also get Hitch looking down his bench and saying, well, at least Reeder can skate, so I'm going to put him on the ice. This is Inside Sports on 630 Chad. My name is Reed Wilkins. The U of A Golden Bears are off to Nationals once again, but first, a Canada West Championship Series with their old foes, the Saskatchewan Huskies. Golden Bears defenseman Jason Fram is on the line. Hey, Jason, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing very well. It's great to have you on again. I was lucky enough to do inside sports from game one on Friday against Calgary. You had two goals in that game, and then you guys closed it out Saturday uh, with another win over the Dinos to advance. Jason, I know you're having a great season, but I thought you looked really good on Friday. Did you feel that was one of your better personal games of the year? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, you know, Obviously, a little cliche, it's playoff hockey and stuff like that, but I think... Uh, playoffs definitely kind of brings out the, the brings out the best in everyone um so obviously i think it's it was a, kind of a good uh, good time to start playing playing some of my best and, and some of our best as a team uh and that definitely uh, kind of showed this weekend 
Tell me a little bit about what it was like to face the Dinos. I know you guys were favored going into the into the series, and there's a long playoff winning streak for the Bears over the Dinos. But they're also a top ten league, the uh, t- top ten team in in uh, in U Sports. I, I think maybe the the gap isn't as as wide as some of the previous matchups might suggest. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're a good team. Um, you know, they play us hard every single time, whether it's preseason or, or playoffs. Uh, they. They have good skill. They're good, good goaltending. You know, they and they play a, a fast and, uh, and a hard game. You know, they, that's how they played us both games, even right to the end. You know, like the bit of a bit of a couple goals kind of coming in spurts there at the end there too. Like you said, they they play a hard game and, and they they don't quit. And like you said, they're they're a top ten team and and they showed it. You know, they played they played us hard this weekend and and there isn't that much of a gap. And I think, uh, you know, like you could say, it's a sweep or whatever, but uh, in a short short uh, three-game series, they, they came out and they played us hard. All right. So the old story in Canada West, uh, over the last couple of decades, it's often been Alberta and Saskatchewan for the Canada West title. Now, both teams are going to nationals, but uh, that does not diminish the intensity and importance of this final series, does it? No, not at all. <laughs> Yeah, you, you uh, hit the nail on the head there. It's it's tough hockey, and it's you know it's going to be a grind of a weekend both both ways. You know, uh, I think both of us want to go into nationals playing our best, and and uh, you know give yourself the the kind of the best opportunity because you know if you win, you you get your home ice in, uh, in that first game, and and uh, maybe even further down uh, down the line, and as that tournament goes on, so you want to be setting yourself up good and you'll want to be playing your best so uh it's gonna be a a hell of a weekend well that's a good way to put it because the seeding for nationals does does matter i i I, i'm not gonna ask you to answer this i i think from what i've been told assuming unb wins atlantic they would go in as the number one seed to avoid an all canada west matchup in the first round because lethbridge as the host is likely going to be the number eight seed so likely u of a and u of s uh, playing for number two but that's for us media guys to speculate jason not for you to worry about <laughs> uh they there's a new rink in saskatoon which you guys got to play in earlier in the regular season uh it, it's the old joke but the, you didn't have to worry about any rust falling off the the ceiling for, for this one must have been different playing there yeah it's it definitely was um no, it's a it's an unbelievable rink. It's it's really nice. You know, they have, they have their jumbotron and you know, good seating all around. It's it's a really nice rink. And you know, I think I think I can speak for for most of Canada West when I say that uh, everyone else is pretty happy that they got a new one. Um, you know, no more rust delays. That's a it was a small tight barn that they had before. And, uh, you know, like you said, we're not we're not too uh, too upset that it's gone, but. You know, like I said, it's it's a really nice rink, and and uh, when we were there this, uh, earlier this year, it was uh, you know a really good atmosphere. You know, their fans come out and and they're uh, they're there full support. So it's it's going to be a, like I said, it's going to be a fun weekend. Can you put into words how hated the U of A Golden Bears hockey team is in Saskatoon? <laughs> uh, probably about as much as they're hated here, or for UFC is get hated here as well. Um, it's it's tough to to kind of be able to put that into words i think until uh until you're on the ice and, and you have those those fans yelling back at you um but no like i said it's 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 gonna be a lot of fun their uh their fans come out and, and they let us know for sure that uh who they're cheering for uh and it kind of gives us a little bit more incentive to, to play our best okay jason fram from the u of a golden bears hockey team 
Joining us on Inside Sports tonight, had an outstanding season with uh, the Golden Bears' top-scoring defenseman in Canada West, first-team All-Star once again. Look, uh, there have been scouts at your games this season. I I know Luke Philp is getting looked at as well. Do you pay any attention to that? Uh, I mean, I don't know if you can tell me anything if teams uh, talk to you. What's that like when you might be being looked at for, for NHL franchises for a potential pro contract? Uh, yeah, it's it's you know it's it's kind of uh, incredible how uh, how this league's kind of come around. I think um, you know I think uh, just the other day someone actually signed uh, an entry level out east. I think it was a goalie, but I'm not uh, not a hundred percent sure. Um, but yeah, it's it's crazy that uh, NHL scouts are coming to our games. You know, like like I said, Luke's getting a lot of uh, a lot of attention. He's just really good player and I think for for myself and for a lot of guys I think it's it's an opportunity to kind of kind of play your best every single night and, and know that there there's a possibility that someone's someone's in the stands that uh, you might catch their eye Jason in the WHL you were a teammate in Spokane with Kyler Yamamoto have you been in touch with him during this incredible Condors winning streak I assume you're paying attention to it at the very least yeah I've actually I've heard about it I uh, haven't uh I haven't uh, gotten in touch with them during this streak. I was talking to him more at the start of the year than uh, than now, but uh, he's he's a hell of a player. Uh, he was back then, and he still is now. And, you know, I, I'm sure he's he's doing his his part up there uh, with the Condors. You know, it's to have a streak like that kind of come together. It, it takes a it takes a village. You know, it's it's not just one guy. It's, I'm a, it's their whole team. I have no doubt, but I'm I also have no doubt that uh, he's definitely a big part of it. All right. Well, Jason, it's always great to have you on the show. And when do you guys do you leave Thursday and play game one Friday? Is that the schedule? Yeah, yeah. We uh, we'll be out of here Thursday morning, I think, maybe afternoon, early afternoon, and then puck drops uh, six, seven o'clock East or uh, Saskatchewan time. Uh, I don't know if it's the same as ours because you know with the daylight savings they they don't do that stuff there, so it kind of messes me up a little bit. I think they're an hour ahead now, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you get a week off, and then it's Nationals in Lethbridge. Is that how it goes? Yeah. Okay, good stuff. Well, Jason, you're having a great season. Keep it going, man. Always good to have you on the show. Uh, thank you. That is Jason Fram from the U of A Golden Bears hockey team. And, yeah, he was great in Game 1 against Calgary on Friday. Got a couple of goals. I thought he was the best player on the ice. Bears, Nationals once again. But uh, they want to beat Saskatchewan first. They want to go in as Canada West champs. It is 7.44. This portion of Inside Sports presented by Furnace Family, your 24-7 furnace repair and replacement specialist. Call 7804-FAMILY. Check them out online, furnacefamily.com. One of the top goaltenders in the WHL this season, Dylan Miskew from your Oil Kings, when we get back. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Ooh, some classic leopard there. He is the reigning goaltender of the month in the Western Hockey League. He plays for your Edmonton Oil Kings. It is Dylan Miskew. Dylan, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing very well, and I guess feeling good after your team rolls with an 11-1 win this afternoon in the Hockey Hookie game. Take us take us through this game. I mean, you obviously don't go into a Western Hockey League game expecting to win by that margin, so tell me what it was like. Yeah, no, it was a great atmosphere today, and the boys, uh, they had an amazing game tonight. Uh 
with a swift uh, score in the first goal there. We didn't know how it was going to go at first, but uh, yeah, we just stuck with it, and uh, the team played uh, how we how we know how we play, and uh, yeah, it was a great outcome for us. Well, you mentioned it being a good environment, and I know the Oil Kings do this every season, so you get thousands of school kids in there. It's a very young audience. Tell me what it sounded like and what the vibe was like in the building because it can tend to be a little bit of a, a different feel with the, with such a young crowd there. Yeah, just, just how I've been telling people around yesterday, you know, our, our 60-second uh, Popeye's chicken uh, and a biscuit if we score there and the fans start cheering, everyone's standing up screaming. That's how it was like the whole game. So uh, they, uh, everyone everyone in the crowd was uh, amped up and was excited and uh they, they, it was all, all our fans tonight. Uh, they, uh, they supported us well, and it was nice, nice to see that, that outcome tonight. Does it, did it take you back at all? I don't know if you were ever a, a kid going to junior or NHL games growing up in, in Manitoba, but uh, any experience for you going to, going to games when you were a little guy? Yeah, they brought back a lot of experience there. With uh, just the Jets weren't there when I was young. They, they left in '99 and. Uh, it was the Moose that was the big team, the Manitoba Moose, big team in Winnipeg growing up, and uh, they uh, they sold out the MTS place probably every every game pretty much, and screaming fans and kids and just a diehard fan with the Moose was uh, brought back a lot of memories, and it's glad to be playing against that atmosphere. All right. Well, you're having a great year, and uh, you were just named the WHL Goaltender of the Month, and uh, you've also been named Goaltender of the Week. You've had a few individual honors this this week or this year, and, and you're having a pretty good season. How come? What do you think's been working for you, Dylan? Uh, just my first two two years of the league being a backup. It's uh, it's it's tough uh, being in that position, and uh, that was one position I wanted to get out of, and uh, I knew every every day every Every uh, day and hour it came down to is I had to work hard to be that starter. So it's uh, I just pushed myself to, to wanting to be that, and it's uh, that position of just playing every night is uh, is an excitement. So I uh, I enjoy playing in front of this team and crowd, and it's been amazing this year. And I couldn't ask for anything better right now. When you were traded to the Oil Kings. Did that come as a, as a bit of a surprise, or, or was that maybe a move you were hoping for to to move on from Brandon and go somewhere else? I mean, how, tell, tell, take me through how you felt when that happened and what you thought the opportunity might be. Yeah, no, I thought uh, I thought uh, coming into the year in Brandon, I would uh, have a starter role, but uh, we had two 99s on that team, which wasn't ideal for a goalie situation, just uh, just playing back and forth even through the year wouldn't uh, something that I wouldn't have liked. I want to take over a starting role job and uh, be, have my team in front of me play. But, uh, yeah, I just since the start of the year, it, uh, it came to a shock a, a little bit in the beginning, but uh, once I settled in with Edmonton, it was a perfect fit for me, and I had a great group of guys that I love and great uh, organization to be a part of. What about for uh, family or friends or loved ones to watch you play? Has has there been a few more trips from uh, Manitoba to Edmonton for them this year, or, or what's that been like? Yeah, mom and dad and sister have been out a few times. They've flown out to watch a few games. I know that being in Brandon and uh, living in Winnipeg, it was a nice, uh, convenient drive, two hours up and drive to come up and watch a game. So they were out quite, quite a bit last year, uh, more often than this year. But, uh, yeah, they made it up a few times this year to come uh Watch me play and watch the team play, and yeah, they've uh, they've been excited to come out each time. 
Dylan Miskew, goal, uh, goalkeeper for the Edmonton Oil Kings, joining us on Inside Sports tonight. They lead the Central Division in the Western Hockey League. You, you didn't always all season, though, Dylan, and, and I know you're still fighting to nail down that top seed if you can get it, but you guys had a couple pretty extended dry spells earlier in the season. You had some really good streaks, but they were offset a little bit with some tough runs. From your mind back there in the crease, how did the team ride those out and eventually get everything straightened out? Yeah, it just took a little bit of uh, some new faces to get uh, used to each other and just kind of get, getting that chemistry with each other. It was uh, kind of a new group of guys, a young, younger team at the beginning of the year, one of the youngest teams in the league. So just uh, that experience with the older guys, uh, getting that, uh, that insight from us and learning from us and uh, just uh, sticking with and being uh, and then coming out consistent throughout uh, the second half here. But... Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely been a stepping uh, stone for us this uh, year, and uh, yeah, we we like where we are now. But uh, it's been it's been a lot of hard work on and off the ice, and this team uh, this team gives it to every every day and night. Well, I know you're still focused here on the short term with the Oil Kings, but I, I do want to throw one more at you, Dylan. You are you are 20. Have you thought at all about next season? Are there any opportunities that you're considering at the moment, or where are you with that? Right now, thinking of that, I just you know want to get into playoffs, have a good stretch here this year, and uh, play uh, play my heart out for this team, and uh, want want to come back and play for a great organization next year, have that chance hopefully, and um, with uh, with the fans, organization, the team, just being a part of the Edmonton Oil Kings would uh, have another great year, and uh, I would be uh, it'd be a pleasure to play with them again and hopefully make a championship push this this year and next year so all right well said well you're having a great year and the oil kings have been a really cool story this season for sure dylan thanks for checking in congratulations on another victory for the oil kings today and i hope we can talk again soon thank you yes me too take care Dylan Miskew, goaltender for the Oil Kings. He was the backup today as the Oil Kings beat Swift Current 11-1, but he is the WHL Goaltender of the Month for February. As we check the scoreboard one more time, these games are finals. Bruins over Sharks 4-1. Flames get their 40th win of the year, 3-1 against the Islanders. Flyers knock off the Sabres 5-2. Capitals pound the Senators 7-2. Hurricanes win at home 6-1 against the Kings. Penguins skate by the Blue Jackets 5-2. In the third, Montreal up 7-1 in Detroit. Predators and Blues are scoreless. That's early in the third. After two periods, the Jets lead the Wild 2-1. Panthers and Coyotes scoreless after the first period. Dallas in Vegas starting in about 10 minutes. Raptors lead the Celtics late in the third quarter, 95-68. Tomorrow, Oilers at Toronto. 3.30 face-off show. Game will start at 5 here on 6.30 Chet. The producer of Inside Sports is Dave Campbell. The man in the studio is Kellen Kennedy. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for listening. Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.